Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking. Live. Hosted by Alan Smith. A 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Publishing. 
And uh, Todd also edits the uh, Severe Service Quarterly Supplement to Overdrive magazine and blogs about trucking-related topics every day over at overdriveonline.com forward slash channel 19. And he has an extensive background in creative writing and literary publishing and journalism. And uh, Max has more than 30 years of experience as a business journalist, eight years spent researching, editing, and writing about the trucking industry, and he is a graduate of the University of Missouri School of Journalism. And both of our guests, along with many others over at Truckers News, have put together a very informative article about the alarming rate that truck cargo theft has reached in this country. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, our call-in number is 347-826-9170. And Don is with us this evening as well. And we're all going to talk about the problem and the solution to trucking cargo theft with our special guests, Todd Deals and Max Cavidra, this evening on Truth About Trucking Live, coming up right after this short break. As an owner-operator, you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can, and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face. RigQuote.com works with over 50 of the top insurance carriers across the U.S. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price. If you're an owner-operator, small fleet owner, freight broker, freight forwarder, whatever your trucking business entails, RigQuote.com can save you money, and in today's economy, we all know how important that is. They also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rickquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888 701 1795rickquote.com making trucking insurance simplified and be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you all right rickquote.com one of our sponsors here at truth about trucking live a uh, good people good company check them out if you need your insurance needs taken care of and truck cargo theft big problem so what are the solutions? Our special guests, Todd Dills and Max Cavidra. Uh, Todd and Max, uh, let me get you open here. Uh, and Donna, you're with us also, right? I'm here. You're hanging there. Okay, mics are open. Uh, Todd and Max, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, this is Todd here. Hi, this is Max. Happy to be here. Todd, Todd there and Max here. Okay, we're going to... Um, uh, just like this be an open discussion, I mean, we'll direct some direction, uh, some uh, questions to each one individually, but just feel free to jump in at any time. That's generally how we do it. It's just kind of like a round table. We're all just sitting around talking, but uh, sure. Todd, let's start with you. And, of course, uh, like I said, open discussion, so just jump in any time. But this, uh, this cargo theft problem, your cover story for this month's issue of Trucker's News, big, bold letters, stealing us blind. And I tell you, when... When you look at the numbers, stealing us blind, man, you're not kidding, are you? No, it's uh, it's pretty serious. And in um, you know, like since between 2008 and 2009, it really, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really jumped up in uh, in most of the areas that uh, that are, are kind of hot spots for it. 
um, Florida, it was it was kind of flat between those two, but you know, like California, Texas, uh, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, uh, all, all all across the board, all of them were, were way up. California was almost uh, twice as much as 2008. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty serious problem for sure. Well, I noticed uh, uh, in your uh, in your article there, I uh, y'all y'all even have a map there where the hot spots are, and boy, you go up there up in the northeast and really along the whole just a whole eastern seaboard. That's definitely a pretty hot spot up through there. Sure, I mean the uh, I mean cargo theft happens where the freight is, you know, where the freight's changing hands uh, a lot, so it's. Uh, and I had one of the one of the insurance investigators I thought to sort of describe it as you know, centered uh, to take a major port, the ministry, uh, or a major a major city um, where a lot of air freight go in. Maybe if it's in like Atlanta, and that's where that's where you're gonna have the incidents taking place. A lot of distribution warehouses, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, intermodal facilities, and various you know, various and sundry other uh, occasions where. Where the freight is is loaded and, and sitting for a while, you know that that kind of thing. But a lot of the a lot of the thefts are um, are directly from from uh, distribution warehouses. A lot of a lot of them, though, um, and this is kind of where we we came in on it, uh, uh, and, and most drivers out there will come in on a lot of it. Uh, a lot of it happens on the road too, you know, out uh, yeah. in the truck stuff or unsecured lots and stuff. So. Well, and, and also, uh, this is Max Cavedra. Uh, one of the things that was pointed out to me by one of the um, law enforcement people is he pointed out that uh, this is a uh, opportunity crime, and uh, with the slowing economy, uh, there are a lot of uh, new bad guys uh, entering this area of, of cargo theft. Uh, they see an opportunity, and Maybe in the past, uh, a lot of the thefts may have been for luxury goods and, and expensive electronic items and things like that. Well, now we're seeing thefts of, of everything you can imagine, uh, food products, uh, diapers, uh, beef jerky, toothpaste, uh, you name it. If, if somebody needs something, then um, those products will be targeted and found out among uh, the uh, tractor trailers out there. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Max. I was going to bring that up because I knew you played a big part when researching the entire scope of the theft problem. So let's elaborate more on this. I mean, it's it's, uh, and I was going to I was going to bring up the economy. I mean, that really is uh, being a main thrust behind this thing right now. Just like you said, I mean, it's it, they're not just going after the uh, electronic goods, but I mean, just like you said, the diapers and and uh, just the things they need to get by through this uh, poor economy that we're going through. Well, that's true, and um, uh, the thieves range all over the map from just local hoodlums who, uh, like I said, need some products or there's, or there's a market for some products or somebody in the neighborhood needs something. Uh, they'll go out and, and uh, find some place where, where they can take maybe a box or a pallet or part of a shipment and it ranges all the way up to um Cuban um up from Florida who are uh, taking advantage of this as well and seeing oh, a great yeah. opportunity. Yeah, they're they're more of a kind of the, the, those guys 
we're talking about the uh, Cuban rings. They're, they're more the organized types, uh, sort of. Exactly. So they'll be they'll be sending out like five man teams into the into the U.S. interior, just looking for looking for opportunity. Sure. Yeah, because that's not a that's a good point because it's not just a one and two man operation going along here. I mean, there's some pretty uh, pretty big, sophisticated stuff going on out there. As oh yeah, definitely. Far, Right. I mean, as far as like the uh, the teams that you're saying and everything, I mean, they've they've come a long way in their technology in uh, hunting these things down and finding, knowing exactly what's there and how to get it and everything. Now, how are they how are they getting into um, how are they getting into these warehouses and stuff like that? I mean, there's usually security and stuff around there. Well, that that can range. Uh, in in many cases, it might be an inside job. There might be somebody. Uh, working in the facility or nearby who has access or knows the, the movements of uh, people, employees in the warehouse or the uh, complex and the movement of uh, trucks coming into the area. Uh, and in some cases, I've, I've uh, heard from some of the people I talk with that uh, some people might just know an area uh, warehouse facility that is uh, a good spot has a has a good load in and has maybe just unloaded and uh, they'll, they'll go through the roof um, they'll, they'll cut into the roof and uh, go into some of these facilities that that uh, doesn't happen very often but it, but it is happening that uh, if if they know there's there's um, a uh, Cargo down down in that building that uh, is valuable, they'll they'll find a way to get it, and especially if it's there over a weekend, uh, they'll have time to to uh, to make their theft. Well, one one thing I noticed on there in your in your uh, September issue here, Todd, is uh, y'all had y'all had a story or two about um, some of the drivers that are involved, and one of them that I don't have it here in front of me, but I remember reading something about like a driver be, a driver being approached and being offered fifty grand to uh, do such a thing, and then of course you know he gets caught. Yeah. Well, um, in that case, he, he the driver wasn't uh, caught. The driver actually uh, the driver actually was uh, in uh, or involved in the eventual sting on the people that uh, offered him money for. It. I mean, and that's the thing about uh, you know, talking with a lot of these, uh, a lot of law enforcement people. You know, they they stress over and over again that you know drivers are drivers are kind of the eyes and ears for all this for them out there on the road um, for catching a lot of people that do this. A lot of the a lot of the organized uh, sort of teams that that do this are in a lot of cases. I mean, we've talked about kind of warehouse burglary and. And, and you know, stealing trailers off warehouse lots and stuff like that. But uh, and a lot of this is happening out there on the road, and, and, and a lot of the law enforcement people, like I said, uh, stress that uh, you know, any time a any time a, a theft uh, a theft gang is uh, approaches you, because that's what that's what they do. You know, they 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 offer you money for your load, and, uh, and a lot of money in some cases, and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the case that you're mentioning, it was um, it was a driver, Alabama a driver who um, it was approached, I think, in somewhere in Virginia, near Roanoke, I believe, at a truck stop. He was, you know, what happened was he 
you know, like I said, we talked about opportunity crime. He had been on the CB, he had been on the CB uh, in a truck stop because he was out of money, and he was going to sell that CB, and he was going to sell. You know, it's an unfortunate case for him, obviously, but uh, by doing that, you know, the, <laughs> you got the, the wrong guy in that area. He he sees this opportunity, comes over, and he buys the CB, uh, and then he says, "Hey, uh, you know." Yeah, uh, he, just I'll give you he just brought yeah. him his problems right across the air. Right, and and this uh, this guy you know, came over thinking he would take advantage or thinking he might be able to take advantage, offered him you know, a large sum of money, um, and this uh, this driver the driver uh, he he did uh, what what these law enforcement guys always say you know he he didn't he didn't actually immediately say no. He he took the guy's number, you know, told him he would think about it, right? This guy's got like a hundred thousand dollar load of copper on a flat. Yeah. And uh he took the guy's number, he didn't say no. He wasn't gonna you know, he wasn't he wasn't really thinking about stealing it. I mean he was thinking about giving it up. Uh he eventually uh got in touch, he found his way through contacting folks to the Memphis Cargo Theft Task Force. Um, and they're kind of multi-jurisdictional uh, force. They cover uh, all the surrounding states around Memphis, and, and sometimes branch out because they're they're uh, FBI-led, so they so they can they can cross state lines in their work. Uh, and basically, they they worked with this driver and his carrier, and set up a sting on these guys uh, in West Memphis, and eventually caught them and then prosecuted them. Uh, so in that wow. case, I mean, in that case worked out, but. Um, yeah, they do say they do say with uh, you know just be in touch with with law enforcement. You know if, if you're if you're hearing things of this nature happening, um, and uh, you know it, uh, you can be be a big part of helping solve the problem for sure. Yeah, well, Donna, we were looking, we were doing a little bit more research on that since research is your deal. But well, when you look at the uh, um, the amount of dollars being stolen out there is up to $30 billion, I read. I mean, is that an accurate figure, $30 billion? Well, that's, that's uh, part of the situation. Uh, no one really knows how, how much the, the, the problem is, the, the, the size of the uh, theft, uh, for various reasons. Um, there, there have been uh, no uh, nationwide uh, network set up to to uh, report all the different uh, activities there are different uh, uh descriptions of the of the type of crimes that are that take place that are called different things in different places um, there are um, some some areas of the country that are are less active in this area maybe they don't know that they have such a problem so and and only until this year was the FBI really uh Closely involved in the sense of, of keeping statistics in this in this problem. Right. Um, beginning in January, they finally set up a um, a code, a, a criminal code number for for reporting these kinds of activities. Uh, but up until that point, um, it was it was kind of haphazard with uh, some some networks and some databases around the country, but. Uh, it was sort of a hit and miss as far as knowing exactly how many thefts occurred and the dollar volume. So going forward, 
that part of the problem will get better as as the uh, crime will be re- reported on a national basis. Yeah, the national line number that drivers can call is has that been established? Uh, in most cases, uh, drivers would be encouraged to work with their their carrier or or shipper. Um, and uh, local law, I mean local and local state law enforcement, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But but there there is not there is not one eight hundred number nationwide where somebody I, could call in. But uh, in the but, magazine, yeah, in the magazine there, I put some, several uh, regional law enforcement contacts for some of these task forces uh, that specialize in this, and uh, those guys are, are really good for uh, just kind of networking with uh, lo- localities, I mean local law enforcement in their region, and they. They're, they're pretty helpful. All, all the ones I've talked to did stress that they'd be out there open to taking calls for sure about uh, about incidents. Okay, and this uh, this issue is, is a September issue of Truckers News Magazine that you can pick up at nearly just about any truck stop uh, across the country. But, you know, I look at this thing, how big of a problem this is. I kind of relate it to the war on drugs. I mean, is this problem so big? Uh, it's going to be similar to that. I mean, you think they're really going to be able to tackle this thing and uh, squeeze it down at all? Well, the difference, the difference between the current uh, the current situation with uh, drug crime and uh, cargo theft crime is is you know, partly the, the the defining defining the the, the, the crime in the FBI code that, that Max was talking about, uh, and and in the, the penalties. You know, I mean, drug crimes. And you, you sell it. And I had one of the one of the Memphis car theft guys put to me. You know, they sell a uh, sell like a small small amount of cocaine on the streets in Mississippi, and you, know, you get uh, ten to twenty years in parchment state prison, and you know, still a two hundred thousand dollar load of of whatever, and you might get uh, two years probation and a fine of two thousand dollars. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the penalties, the penalties aren't there. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know. What do you think? I see. See, like, <laughs> I kind of don't see it going quite to, to the extreme of uh, of the way that drug uh, crimes are, are prosecuted in, in, in terms of penalties. But I do know that um, the, that national task force that we mentioned in the story, which is kind of a kind of sort of almost like a lobby. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. to really get tough on cargo theft in on Congress and you know, federal government as well. Well, yeah, uh, that's that's, that's one of the government. things that um, that was. That's one uh, thing they talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They want to. Uh, one of the uh, lawyers I talked with in the story is is interested in putting some, some uh, you know, putting a, a defining name to the to the crime and coming up with some some stiffer penalties uh, for it i think yeah, part of, some part, minimum sentencing right yeah. yeah yeah exactly and and also um we haven't mentioned this but uh, sort of alluded to the fact that that food is uh is i think become the leading if not the the number one um right. target for a lot of these thieves and uh yeah. One of the proposals that, uh, that the one lawyer was talking about is uh, trying to put a, a tripling of the uh, of the uh, sentence on any theft that involves uh, food or pharmaceuticals because of the uh, health issues and also because of the possibility that maybe there could be a terrorist 
um, invasion uh, through the through the food supply. Food supply, yeah. Yeah, like so, poison. Yeah, because I'll, like poison go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, yeah, like poisoning the food supply, uh, like you had in, mentioned in your article there. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so there's, um, so there's um, some movement along those lines, although moving things moving through uh, Washington sometimes take a long, long time, and uh, there are a lot of other priorities ahead of that. But that, those are things that they. They, they recognize that the uh, laws on the books um, really don't don't fit the the economic impact of this, so uh, they're they're trying yeah. to do something about it. I have a question yeah. in regards to that. Uh, it really it, it stuck out in my mind when I read the part about the insulin, yeah, uh, right. the painted insulin, and what I thought was, you know, the the people of opportunity are not just the thieves. But it's also those who think uh, they're going to get a reduction and they can therefore uh, increase their bottom line by saving all this money buying these hot items. And I, I think that's, that's a part that, that needs sure. to be targeted also because if no one, no one is buying these items, then the, the opportunists will no longer, you know, find it profitable for them. And what I found very – I couldn't figure it out. Here you have a pharmaceutical, a drugstore, and don't they know they're buying hot insulin? Well, um, it, it, it's hard to say because you don't know the, the sources of their supplies of, of different uh, pharmaceutical products. Um, and we're not talking about the uh, – CVSs and the Walgreens of the world, but we're talking about the the more the mom and pop um, drugstores and things like that. And um, so, I I don't think they are out buying hot uh, products like this. They may be going through uh, supply chain uh, uh, locations that that yeah that they've used in the past, and uh, who knows where they are getting their supplies sometimes. Yes, right. It's somewhat of a murky area there, I think, as far as uh, um, these these problems happening. But but they can happen uh, because there are cracks in the in the in the system, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Got to got to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about the Federal Uniform Crime Reporting Program and how these cargo theft investigators uh, work these cases. All right. We'll be back back in two and a half minutes. The trucker lifestyle isn't an easy one, and those of you listening will testify to that. Because of the sedentary lifestyle, one of the major problems causing drivers to be at greater health risk is obesity. I'm Alan Smith of Truth About Trucking Live, and recently there's been concern for the professional CDL driver and their ability to pass the DOT physical. No doubt you've been hearing terms such as BMI index, sleep apnea testing, and CPAP machines. The bottom line to all of this, however, is that drivers may lose their jobs because they're overweight. Most of these drivers, by paying attention to their diet and calorie intake, along with some exercise, can take care of their weight problem. But many others, however, are 100 pounds or more overweight, and the problem seems overwhelming to them. These drivers are now researching other alternatives, such as gastric sleeve surgery, which would limit their intake of large quantities of food. The cost of gastric surgeries in the U.S. are between $18,000 and $35,000, and not all insurance will cover these costs. 
We've discovered that one of the most recognized, respected, and affordable facilities who perform this kind of surgery with a total cost of $9,500 is located in Mexicali, Mexico, only 22 miles south of El Centro, California. Dr. Alberto Aceves has performed thousands of surgeries and is rated among one of the highest success rates anywhere, including the U.S. Dr. Aceves has impeccable credentials, including member of the American Society for Bariatric and Metabolic Surgery, member of the International Federation for the Surgery of Obesity, and member of FACS, the American College of Surgeons. If you're overweight and you're contemplating gastric sleeve surgery as a possible solution, either because you're concerned about your job or you just want to feel good about yourself or do things you haven't done in years, then I encourage you to give Dr. Alberto Aceves and his staff a call. They have an extremely knowledgeable, personable, and professional staff and will tell you if you're a candidate for this type of procedure. They'll answer your questions and concerns, and if you're not a candidate, they'll tell you, guiding you in another direction. You can contact them toll-free at 888-344-3916 or at their website, Mexicali Bariatric Center. Okay, back with uh, Todd Dills of Truckers News and Max Cavedra of Randall Riley Publishing on the problem of truck cargo theft. 347-826-9170 is our number. Let's grab a caller here real quick uh, as we move along. Um, caller from Illinois, area code 312. Go ahead, you're on the air. How you doing? This is actually uh, the attorney that Max was referring to earlier. This is Jerry Palmer from uh, Illinois here. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Uh, I had a, you talked about before about having the ability for a driver to call an 800 number in case there was a theft report. Uh-huh. There is such a thing now. Uh, oh. An organization called uh, CargoNet, uh, based out of Jersey City, New Jersey, which is a uh, a partnership between the National Insurance Crime Bureau, which also contributed to uh, some of the uh, information in the story that, that Max was, was talking about before. So National Insurance Crime Bureau, along with uh, this, this group called CargoNet, have collaborated together to come to create this uh, national database. And one of the programs that they're rolling out right now is giving drivers these basically 1-800 numbers to call. Um, to report a theft, you would have to capture your VIN number and things of that nature. But that information would then go into the national database and kind of um, given out to law enforcement agents throughout the country to, to investigate that crime, almost on a, on a BOLO kind of uh, last email. Oh, okay. You uh, have that 800 number, I take it. Yeah. So there's, there's a free call-in number for, for anyone who's a – an owner-operator or a member of the cargo net, and obviously they're, they're trying to get people to, to join this. It's a, it is a paid service uh, for certain individuals, and I'm not sure if it's paid for, for everyone who's a victim of a crime. I still think you can report a crime even if you're not a, uh, a, a member. The members get other benefits and, and, and other uh, analytics as part of their, their membership. But for the non-membership, I do believe there's the ability for anyone who has a theft to report it and it is a free uh, number to call in, and that information is then given to law enforcement that are part of the, uh, the network in the system. Okay. Do you have the 800 number? I, I don't. I will. I think uh, I have it here. Oh, do you have it? Okay. Uh, but it, okay. I, okay. Think, let me, I think I just found it anyway. Give me a moment. <laughs> okay. And that's uh, that's with the cargo net. Yep. 
Jared? Yes. Hi, Jared. This is Max Cavedra. Uh, is has there been any progress on the, uh, the the legislation, proposed legislation you mentioned about uh, higher penalties for food and pharmaceuticals? Uh, it seems like we always have the uh, the worst timing to go to Congress and ask for <laughs> legislation. To get put to. Uh, so I don't know when a good timing is going to be, but we're we're going to keep pushing. Uh, we we still have a dialogue between various congressmen and senators who have shown interest in our cause. Uh, including uh, Secretary of Transportation LaHood um, and yeah. his office. Uh, so we're, we're still pushing ahead. You know, the UCR thing that the feds just pushed through, that got signed into law in 2006, and that just happened in 2010. And right. so it takes a while. Just to get a code update in the federal crime reporting system. So it's, you know, things don't move as quickly as we like necessarily on the, on the federal level, but uh, we're, we're still making progress. We got our, our summit coming up in October. Uh, which we in, intend to have, again, uh, government, law enforcement, private sector, insurance, right. uh, supply chain people all there. So we're, we're keep pushing, and, and I think the numbers you'll see at the attendance reflect the fact that this is such a big problem and that people are now uh, starting to be uh, alert and informed as to how it affects us as consumers. Well, yeah. Yeah. Here the, the other questions. Talking $30 billion here. Uh, uh, Todd, you have that number? Yeah, I, I, I think this is probably the one. Uh, it, it's like uh, it's on the Carbonate website, but it's uh, it's for the it's for law law enforcement. I think um, okay. it, it's eight hundred four four seven six two eight two, and then extension seven zero zero two. One eight hundred four four seven six six eight two. Six two eight two. I'm sorry. Six. 6282, extension 7002. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Listen, Todd, also, let's talk about, um, I guess, what uh, this reporting thing we were talking about earlier, the Federal Uniform Crime Reporting Program. Is that what we're touching? What's, yeah. this, what's this thing all about? Well, that's the code update that uh, Jerry was just talking about. And actually, is he still on the line by chance? Uh, yeah, let me pull him up here. Yeah, he's back on. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had a question about the, uh, the the UCR update. Basically, it's uh, Alan to answer your question. It's uh, it's basically defining uh, federally defining the crime of cargo theft. You know, before it was reported as various other things. It could be a burglary. Uh, it could be a uh, auto theft. It could be you know grand larceny. Or, um, but. Uh, but but now there's a federal definition of it. And what I was wondering, uh, Jared, from your perspective, is do you have any idea about uh, how quickly we can expect for local and state agencies to begin actually reporting uh, cargo theft? I mean, does the information get about the, the updates of the UCR get out very quickly, or is it kind of a gradual type thing? Yeah, I mean, you, you have every, every state uh, police agency or law enforcement has a different reporting system. Uh, Florida has a reporting system. Texas has a different reporting system. And so they all have to tweak their systems and have a programmer come in, update the program, train all law enforcement personnel who are going to be entering that data into the system, how to enter it correctly. And that takes time and money away from their, you know, their current routines, their current jobs. So until there's funding, to, uh, you know, an IT person to go and specially program uh, these things and get them all to communicate on the same the same channel, it's going to be a process. And last time I checked, our states are all not doing so well financially. And so you, 
you're going to have a lot of delay in, in this process. And I think that's what Max mentioned in the article. We call it a hiccup. You know, it, it, yeah. is, it, is, it is a bit of a hiccup to, to do this because now that the Fed said it's okay to receive the information, the states don't have the resources to, to send it. So it's, right. it's, not, like, it's not a major hurdle, but it is, it is one that still exists that we still have to overcome. No, it's part of it's part of what you guys do there in Washington. Is it's I think Scott, I mean, Scott Cornell is one of the guys you work with, right? Uh, in that uh, the National Task Force. Yeah, Scott Cornell is on on the um, he works for Travelers Investigative Unit. Right. So they have a special unit within the Travelers Insurance Company that investigates uh, crime, cargo related crime. Uh, one of the few mm-hmm. insurance companies that 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 take it to that level. So yeah, Scott Scott Cornell is one of the members of our task force. Um, he represents uh, he, the yeah. uh, he described what, um, like what you guys, uh, one of the things you guys, you guys were doing was, was sort of stress the need for, you know, implementation of the, of the UCR on, in that state and local level. And is it, uh, is part of that, like, uh, there, there's a chance that, uh, there may be some federal money that would be granted to states to help in this or, or is that, uh, that's just kind of guessing? <laughs> Well, that's that's what we're trying to do, and and okay. that's why we're you know approach this from from every angle. I mean, uh, you know, the, the transportation area of, of our country uh, in terms of financing and funding right now, they keep talking about infrastructure, doing the roads and bridges, especially after what happened in in Minnesota a few years ago with the bridge collapse. So, yeah. you know, there's this money that that even though right now it's emergency relief money that's out there, we're trying to get a carve out from somewhere, and we're looking for there because there is a lot of money that gets allocated out of that that funding to different uh, safety and, and transportation-related endeavors, we're trying to grab a piece of that, even though this really should probably come from the Justice Department or, or someone in, in, in that jurisdiction. But we're trying to carve a piece from anyone that's willing to give us a piece, basically, that has funding to help pay for this uh, system upgrade, the training. Even though the National Insurance Crime Bureau, as uh, part of their services with their connection with law enforcement, is willing to train people to get them to use the new system, there's still okay. there's still time out of people's days that have to be done, and, and there's still resources that have to be allocated, and there's costs involved in that. So, yes, that is part of our mission when we go to D.C. again in October, is to to have someone put pen to paper and, and actually agree to give us a carve out from from whatever source is necessary to, to pay for these things. Cool. Yeah, I was I was curious about that. Yeah. Well, and of, and and the importance of this too is that. Um, I think Washington and a lot of states uh, depend on statistics to help them define problems. Isn't that right, Jared? And and so oh, yeah. if, if if the statistics aren't there about how bad the crime is, then they might be more reluctant to to uh, give money uh, or grants or whatever the source might be. But if the uh, if the crimes are reported on a consistent basis, so that uh, legislators and other other and uh, Bureaucrats can see what the problem is, then they might be more uh, sympathetic to this. No, that's correct. I just, I just got an update. I want to I want to answer that question in a second. The, the phone number that we were talking about before, I have an update on the phone number. It is okay. uh, 88-595-2683. I don't know if that was different than the number you were giving before, but yeah. I, from the director of cargo, now that it's got a text. So it's 888-595-2683 is the phone number that people can call in on. Great. Jared, uh, on the, on their website, that phone number is there too, but it's 2638. Yeah, that's, that's the number he's telling me for people to use to, to call in. Uh, re- regarding <laughs> that, 
Okay, let me get it straight here. 888-595-2683? That is correct. Okay, so... (laughs) I would say on the the website it's uh, not 2683, it's 2638. I'm not sure if he's got it wrong or if he texted wrong by accident or what. He might, he might have texted me wrong, I think. He died, he's got another text, so. <laughs> okay. So okay. Two, six, you, it's the yeah, you got it right. He switched the last two numbers, correct. Yeah, okay. 2638, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the call-in number to report a cargo threat crime, 888-595-2638. So, well, listen, Max, uh, I want to get in here real quick. We're running out of time. What, what are, um, how do these cargo theft investigators work these cases? Oh, um, Todd, why don't you grab that one because you were working with one directly. I mean, I, I have a couple comments, but go ahead. All, all manner of, uh, of, uh, of taxis. I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, mainly one of, one of, you know, if it's a, if it's a thing that a crime that they've been, uh, that has been reported to them very fast, uh, and they get uh, information about it very quickly. Say there's a, um, you know, say there's a trailer that that has been uh, reported stolen, and the carrier has a tracking device on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they may just get it, they may just uh, work directly with the carrier uh, and get the pings from that tracking device and, and, and follow it to where where it goes or, or find it out on the road and pull the pull whoever's moving it over. Um, you know, that's a simple case. A lot of times, though, they don't get information uh, right. as quick, quickly as they would like. So it's uh, uh, so that becomes difficult, of course, because, uh, you know, one of the big things that a lot of, these, a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the detectives um, stressed over and over is, uh, is sort of the need for, for speed in terms of reporting this stuff to them and getting, it to the, getting information about, about the crimes uh, to the right people. Because of course, uh, cargo is, is you know, mobile. Obviously, uh, wait a couple hours, few hours. It's going to it could be uh, a couple states over. So, um, but uh, if it has a tracking device, that kind of makes it easier. But if it doesn't, I guess it's just um, good old footwork, investigative. Uh, exactly. I mean, you just go back to the old school. It is. I mean, it's just very much, uh, you know, just going, uh, going to the scene, uh, asking folks, uh, asking questions. Again, speed, knowing, knowing the, uh, that helps, speed of, of information reporting helps in that regard, obviously. Uh, folks in New Jersey told me about, a, uh, for instance, uh, a load of, I think it was, I think it was cell phones or something that was, uh, stolen, uh, from a truck stop and, uh, yeah, they got the information pretty quickly. There's no tracking device on it or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, the guy, the uh, responding uh, detective went down to the truck stop where it was stolen. And, uh, and they, you know, the guys, because they got there quickly, everybody who was in the truck stop lot was still there, or most people anyway. And the, and the guy, the driver was pointing to the spot where his truck and trailer were, and saying, yeah, that's where it was sitting right there. And uh, detective goes up to the door uh, of, of the driver that's parked right next to him, and he knocks, knocks on the window, and he says, hey, uh, you see anything uh, weird going on over here? There's a truck with a, you know, a big, uh, it had an Indian or something on the side. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. 
and then he pointed down to the driver who had reported the stolen load, and uh, he said, yeah, and that guy was uh, waving by to the so <laughs> waving by to the driver as he left. <laughs> so in that case, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was one of the, it was, it was, he was probably approached by another guy, and, and it didn't go so well this time. But, yeah, um, yeah. All right. I have well, a question. Well, and, and also in some cases, uh, the uh, law enforcement groups uh, do uh, what might be considered sting operations. Yeah. Uh, they, they might have a sense of, of a local group or individuals who are running, um, you know, theft operations, and uh, so they'll – They'll set up a, um, a, a cargo and a, and a, and a trailer and um, spread the word that uh, you know that that's you know it, it's available or um, right. or some some information is passed around and uh, that's worked effectively. I believe it was in Georgia. Um, the uh, the group there, the the task force in Georgia within Atlanta and and uh, the surrounding communities have been very effective in using uh, operations like that to, uh, to to nab quite a few of these thieves in that area. And that's I mean that's a uh, that's a ta- that's a good tactic for for sort of um, uh, infiltrating and, and identifying the patterns of, of repeat offenders. Yep. Uh, you know, people who do this for a living and they're out there doing it all the time. If I'm not mistaken, Max, it's not actually a crime to take a take a planted load because it doesn't really belong to anybody or something like that. Well, that that was one of these gray areas that was uh, discussed. Okay. It may have been by uh, may have been mentioned by Jared uh, Palmer, but um, they're they're trying to uh, uh, get that straightened out because the the cargo is not actually in interstate commerce, and, and the trailer is not in interstate commerce either right. because it has been set up uh, for this purposes. But uh, I don't know of any situations where that uh, defense has, has worked. Well, in New Jersey, I was going to say in New Jersey, what they they, they have uh, had on the New Jersey uh, cargo, uh, the state cargo theft unit, uh, quite a lot of experience. Been around for a long time. Kind of, kind of a unique uh, situation up there in the state. But uh, they have uh, been using a, um, a sting trailer on loan from from Travelers Insurance and in their investigative unit that, that Jared and I were talking about a little bit before uh, recently. And they've used it to affect not you know not to um, uh, they've I don't know if they've had anybody take it, but I think that they've used um, planted trailers with tracking devices to to lead them to other to lead them to storage facilities where they they end up finding other stolen loads you know, mm-hmm. in pieces okay. at that point warehouses where they're being stole where they're being stored waiting for for sale somewhere yeah okay oh let's I got to take let's take a quick sponsor break and when we come back Don I'll get to your question and and then we're running out of time here let's focus on the solution to this big problem within the U.S. trucking industry. So uh, be right back in the back in one minute. Sounds good. Hey, everybody. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, You make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. 
There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. All right, we've been talking about the problem of cargo theft in the trucking industry. Now, what about the solution? Uh, but, Donna, I heard you uh, try to get in there. You had a question? Yeah. Hi, Matt. Hi, I have a, a question, Chris. The light bulb was going off in my head um, when they started talking about the transportation and infrastructure, and I started uh, tying things together. And I want to ask you, um, as far as drivers go, because a lot of our audience um, is drivers tonight, and uh, as far as them being uh, targeted, um, I, I, I'm reading here that truck stops, carrier facilities, parking lots, rest areas are the main concern. And one of the concerns uh, that we have is the, um, the, the rest areas are, are closing up through many of the states because mm-hmm. of the, um, the budgets that the states, you know, can't handle them and so forth. And that's part of um, what you're probably familiar with with Jason's Law is more increased safe parking. Now, sure. do you find um, a correlation between this cargo theft, and if uh, more rest areas are closed up, that, that the drivers would be even a greater chance to be a target for this cargo theft? I, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but it, it makes it more difficult. That, that There's no doubt about it. When you know, I talk with truckers all the time, who are uh, complaining that, uh, you know, unless you get to a certain truck stop by a certain time, you aren't going to find space, and uh, you have to you have to keep moving on to someplace else or find a less desirable place to park, and, and that's not good for them or their load, potentially. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like there is a correlation for sure. I mean, because, uh, you know, you think about it uh, in, in aggregate, you know, the fewer parking uh, parking facilities there are where you're parked uh in you know in uh in mass a lot a lot of a lot of trucks around uh you know a lot of activity in in a large parking lot um and hopefully uh, you know it's a somewhat secure parking lot um the the less, the fewer parking spaces that are there the more likely there's going to be trailers parked in 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 um in strange places you know and these right. you know, Lone, lone uh, trucks parked in strange places are, are you know, immediate targets for cargo theft for sure. Uh, the guys in Memphis gave me several anecdotes where it was like uh, that kind of situation. Guy couldn't find either guy couldn't find a spot in the lot, or he's trying to he's parking in a strange place because he must be close, must be up to um, uh, get, get his home or, or something like that. Um, and you know, that time is just like that, but. Uh, I think, I think there's definitely correlation. Right. Okay. Well, we're, we're trying to – we're going to talk about that later, but this is a very big concern of ours for, for the truck drivers. Safety, you sure. know that. 
with the um, Jason Reisenberg murder um, and everything. And, and when you're t when I'm reading your notes here and it says truck stops and rest areas, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if any more of these rest areas uh, close up, this could be uh, an actual, you know, okay, let's hit those drivers, those trailers. They're all alone, and, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty much defenseless unless they carry or something, you know. Well, and I think uh, we will probably see more uh, privately funded, uh, secure uh, trucking right. facilities uh, created. There's uh, one fellow uh, uh, who has a long background in security industry um, has, has started uh, a couple of facilities. I believe there's one in Texas, and he has plans for for others uh, around the country. This will take time and, and certainly takes money, but I know there are several carriers that are um, arranging to have their their drivers and, and trailers um, parked, if, if they're in the vicinity, certainly, uh, parked at these facilities. And there's yep. there are very elaborate uh, security um, uh, precautions and, and, and systems set in place. So I think we will see more of that type of thing because the uh, we're not going to be seeing more truck stops built anytime soon. And as you mentioned, uh, the number of rest stops uh, nationally is is declining. It seems so. Uh, we'll it, it'll that there'll have to be more secure parking spaces in some place. Yeah, and I think in some instances it's even the. Uh uh, it's even uh, carriers kind of working their operations uh, yeah. down to, like, uh, providing their own parking to, for all their own trucks. Exactly. Uh, I know that in the story we write a little bit about Evans Delivery, which is uh, based up in the Northeast Tupelo Container Movement. Um, a lot of their halls are, are short enough to where they can get most of the drivers back uh, in one day, but I do believe they have a couple they have facilities across the country, and they've, they've done a lot of work beefing up security at them, they, and they've kind of reduced, I think they had um, you know, something like 18 or 16 theft distance in 2008, and then they started doing these different operational things where they where they could get, they could get drivers to their secure facilities uh, more readily. Um, they, they supplied uh, a lot of their owner operators with, uh, with bar locks on the back of their trucks and the air cuff locks as well for the, for the tractor. Um, and uh, they, I think they only had less than a thousand anyway. One incident this year, so I mean that's uh, it's pretty significant. Okay, so this is this is some of the uh, some of the solutions anyway. Let's grab some callers here before we run out of time from uh, from Ohio, area code three three zero. Go ahead, you're on the air. Alan Smith, good evening. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. This is overtime or Matt. I, I got some oh. questions. Uh, okay. Focus on this does focus around Jason's law and the safety of not only the drivers but the freight. We mm -hmm. all know um, that you know the freight, the freight that we haul. Uh, we ain't gonna do anything stupid. <laughs> the majority of us anyway ain't gonna do anything stupid because we belong. You know, we feel that once that freight is on our vehicle, on our or on our equipment, we own that freight from point A to point B. Okay, that is my property as well as the carrier's property. Right. But the problem also goes, to try to get this wrapped up with and, and to get the senators and everything to back us even more onto this, I've spoken to several here in my own state, um, and 
so far what I've gotten back as far as feedback is to get the general public more involved in um, more safer uh, safer places for not only drivers but but transportation you know travelers as well. I mean, I know I, I pulled into truck stops. I know Alan has and, and the other drivers. When when you pull into a truck stop and it's 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 not just jam packed full of you know uh, rigs, but it's it's jam packed full of uh, commuters, okay, commuters and travelers mm-hmm. with, with travel drivers. I mean that that alone can can show you, Alan. We we also need to get the, the general public involved in. The senators were kind of pointing out to me that in this Jason's Law Act. Somewhere, don't just limit it to us commercial carriers, okay? Because it's kind of we we all. I mean, he uh, kind of went over it with me, and he says this kind of just just pinpoints carriers and commercial vehicles in order to get more backing on this for safer, secure parking lots. You know, as far as a state uh, statewide goes, we we dang sure need the public involved. In order to to get the senator to jump into this, we need to bring them into it. So I'm not trying to like play the devil's advocate, but somehow in this bill we need to somehow focus not only on driver safety, but listen to me, the security of the customer's freight, my customer's freight, and everyone else's customer's freight, and also general travelers or commuters as well. Well, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that's, you know, this is something we've been trying to say, and Todd himself tonight said there definitely is a correlation between the safe parking and these cargo thefts. That's just one aspect of it. Um, The tremendous need for, for more safe parking, especially since these rest areas are closing down. Now there's cargo theft. And and if I'll tell you what, if Jason Rivenberg could be shot for seven dollars, uh, you have to wonder uh, with um, you know when you have a uh, hundred thousand or more dollars worth of uh, stuff on your on your trailer. So you know I I see a direct correlation with all this too. And um, you know we're we're doing our best. We're all you know in there calling and trying to get HR two one five six passed. So yeah, and definitely. And I, I mean. More than more than a hundred grand. I mean, I've hauled loads. Uh, I've lo- hauled loads, you know, worth one or two million. So definitely gets up there in the money. Um, uh, caller, um, caller from Georgia, area code seven zero six. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, this is David. Great show. Oh, hey, David. I'm good. How you doing? All right. Uh, yeah, hey, Donna answered or asked my question whether correlation was uh, would know where to park, whether they were, you know, this was leading to more thefts. The other question I had, does NAFTA, what's going on with NAFTA, lead more to the thefts going in and across the borders? No, that's a good question, Todd. I mean, y'all's, uh, y'all's magazine covers a lot of stuff. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, Max, what do you think? I'm thinking about that here for a minute. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, cer- certainly there are um, rigs and and cargo that that is going across the border that has been stolen. Um, I mean, they're, they're, right now, right now with the situation at the border, the way it is, it is a, it is kind of a hot spot for 
that's due to like you know all the transloading that goes on down there. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, to, you know, in addition, to just, you know, there's a lot of freight coming through all these little choke points, so it's like uh, you know, it's, it's high density uh, down in Laredo and, uh, and some of the some of the bigger crossings and such, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about, uh, you know, how how the change on the border would affect it. Um, that's that's something that I've not thought a lot about. Um, I could sort of speculate, but that wouldn't, wouldn't probably get us anywhere. I'd probably just ramble on for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that NAFTA, that's NAFTA still a hot topic, and uh, right. I don't, don't know what's going to happen with that. They keep saying they're going to make a – make a uh, statement any uh, any day now and mm-hmm. i've been hearing that for right. a few years so that's just that's yeah. just such a hot, just a hot topic here uh caller from delaware uh patches i believe area code 302 go ahead you're on the air hey good uh, evening there alan hey good evening how you doing well it could be better could be worse uh, but, what's going uh, on along with these uh questions stuff yes uh jason's law does go back into uh this theft thing, it, it goes to the priority and safety. It's yeah. just, not just on the driver, it goes into the safety of the uh, product being hauled. And as you said, Alan, I've hauled uh, loads of good God. I'd hate to say what the prices are on. Oh, yeah. But the, two, that the back of these trailers, if a driver does not utilize them properly and use the proper uh, kind of lock, Yes, they can get into them trailers in a heartbeat. But oh, yeah. the uh, other thing is, uh, like one person said here on the uh, uh, page here, a lot of drivers just get out and don't lock their doors. Mm-hmm. And that's a big no-no. Uh, you, no matter when you get out of that, you should lock them doors regardless. Yeah, yeah that, There is just, other uh, things. That's just, that's just a logical uh Logical deterrent, Todd and Max. But what? Uh, what? I mean, we know you've, you've mentioned a few things. What the carriers can do and might do, but what's what's some of the other solution that drivers can do? I mean, well, owner operators uh, can can do all that stuff. Uh, I mean, and drivers too. Uh, in terms of the locking mechanisms, is the air cuff lock, with, which basically um, engages your air brakes. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like sort of like the club for for big rigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she gauges the air brakes so you can't uh, can't move. And if you if, to get it off, like to, to disable it, you're gonna you're gonna break the, uh, the air brake controllers, and so you're not gonna be able to to drive it away. Uh, but the trailer, uh, if you know, since we're talking about owner operator owns this trailer, um, and some of the carriers are supplying these uh, in cases where you know, full of a carrier trailer. There are you know, like the adjustable bar locks, which go across the back doors of a, of a box trailer, uh, container, or uh, a van. And then there are also kingpin locks, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, and also which just sort of prevent you from from backing into it. But also some there, some of the law enforcement guys that I talked to. Uh, did note that, that there are some of those that they're finding ways around those, basically. Yeah. There's a landing gear lock as well. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, these, these kind of things drivers have been doing for uh, for years yeah. anyway. I, I, I think the large part is going to be, uh, and the GPS system has helped a great deal, but right. uh, 
I think a large part the carrier is going to have to play a bigger part in this. And I guess I don't know what are some of the things that they can do other than providing parking and and uh, things like that. Well, a lot of the carriers are um, cer- certainly paying attention to this. Then they are doing things such as placing uh, tracking device devices uh, within the trailer and and yeah. sometimes within the load if they have agreements with the shippers. Um, and um, they can do more training, I think, and a lot of them are with their drivers about you know not only providing uh, security uh, products uh, to use on the trailer and the truck, but um, I, I think we we hear uh, in in the reporting uh, for this story that in some cases there were drivers who left their their truck running. And, um, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I mean this doesn't happen very often, but there's still there's still incidents of this taking place like this. And um, another thing too, uh, the some of the drivers I talked with who uh, this has not happened to, they are very conscious of their vehicle, of their equipment, of their loads, and they are constantly checking on it um they you know they'll 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 walk around their vehicle anytime they stop you know whether it's to to fuel up or or you know taking a a nap or or whatever it happens to be they they are checking out their their trailer just you know because and they, they have a lock on it or they have some some device on there, and they'll check to see if anything is different about it. And uh, it doesn't take very long to do this to check out what you have, but it's just a, a, a sense of being aware of, of what you have and and the fact that there are um, uh, bad people out there who, who would love to get, get your load. Um, and a lot of it, too, is planning on, on your trip so that uh, – once you you load up, you're 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 in a position where you're not going to be making a stop right away. Yeah. That uh, you've taken care of your bathroom needs and your food, and you're fueled up, and you're ready to go for a long distance and, and a long time. So that if somebody is following you and expecting you to be stopping sometime soon, um, they're, they're they're not they're not going to be targeting you if, if you're going for you know. A few hours and, and several hundred miles like that. So that's that's one thing to to be prepared to hit the road and to be on the road uh, certainly within your your legal boundaries. Um, things like yeah. that. It's well, Donna. You know, you and I were talking earlier. You know, we were saying you know the driver is really really the driver is the main deterrent of crime out there. But I still say you know if somebody comes up there and you know your life's threatened, they want that load. You know. No need to play hero, you know, let them have that freight. Yeah, I know oh, you talk about guns and this and that, but, um, well, you know. That's what it's for. <laughs> the, the cargo theft, in most cases, is not uh, is not armed hijacking. Yeah, you know that's right? true. Because basically when that happens, when, when you introduce a weapon into it, uh, it right. then the stiff penalties are there. You know, these oh. guys don't want, they don't want the stiff penalties, you know, if they happen to get caught. So there's not, there are some, I mean, you hear about some of the armed hijackings out there of rigs for sure, but uh, I think the vast majority of it is, is kind of uh, nonviolent crime. Well, the 
fortunately or unfortunately. Poor is what I, yeah, but, uh. Yeah, well, they don't want confrontation. They, 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 yeah. they're going to watch until that driver's away, you know, because they don't want yeah. confrontation. They, you know, exactly like you're saying, Todd. So they, yeah. they, they know the stricter penalties and everything. Kind of like burglars, yeah. they wait till the people's out of the house before they go in. Yeah. 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 And okay. here, another, I had a thought about carriers and, and what, what they can do and what individual drivers can do, and that's, uh, it was the, the example of uh, that the company I mentioned earlier, Evans Delivery. They started uh, and when they started, uh, you know, doing some of the some of the things that they did to sort of reduce the theft incidents they had. Uh, one of the things one of the things they did was including all of their drivers, all their owner operators, at least them, uh, on on these uh, be on the lookout. Uh, Jared mentioned the Bolo uh, blast. Uh, be on the lookout. List mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they and they would just they would send these to drivers and, you know driver and the drivers can look at them or, or not but basically by including folks in on it I mean basically it just kind of heightened the awareness of like look this stuff is is happening it's happening all the time it's out there you know, you know we're we're all dealing with it uh, as we can just you know, be aware of it so it's sort of I think it, it, within the company you know with everybody involved in that company it kind of made Kind of change, kind of made like the whole security uh, uh, thing part of like just the way that they did business, and and right. just by doing that, it kind of it, I'm sure it had some kind of a positive effect. Well, and another thing I'm hearing too uh, with among carriers, uh, they are working uh, more closely with shippers as far yeah. as timing of uh, pickups and and deliveries, so that. A driver is not um, stuck with picking up a load on a on a Friday and uh, has no hope of being able to deliver it before Monday. So you have that whole weekend where the driver is uh, is responsible for a load where he has nowhere to go, essentially safe. Right. And uh, so I think more uh, carriers and shippers are are timing these things so that if, if there is a Friday pickup, it's going to be someplace that can be delivered on that same day. And uh, if it's going to be for an over over the weekend, it's 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 going to be um, maybe held off until the following Monday, or or maybe it's uh, picked up on a Thursday so that uh, they, they they can avoid that, or maybe even going to Saturday hours in some cases, depending on what the uh, the cargo is too. So I there are there is cooperation going on, I think, in some places. Well, that is, which brings up another problem, uh, which is a lot of times uh, drivers aren't allowed to park um, in the parking lots before their delivery. Yeah, and I correct. know it, uh, a lot of drivers are really upset about that. Um, you know, if you have an appointment and you know you you get there early so you could be on time and and you're not allowed to park. Um, with all this going on, I, I think there should be some consideration. Uh, as an active role they could be playing to prevent this kind, uh, these kinds of yeah. occurrences. Yeah. Well, well, and I, I think that's where where uh, the the carriers can be working more closely with with shippers and maybe even uh, cooperating among themselves, so that uh, yeah. if if there's space at a at another carrier's uh, secure facility, that maybe uh, another carrier's driver can can. Uh, can spend some time there if, if that's possible. 
and not, you know, of course, not sending a driver who's about who's almost out of hours to pick up the load. Yep. Uh, we have yeah. nowhere to go afterward, you know. So, yeah. Right. Well, at least they're looking at it and uh, spreading the days out like that, like you were talking about, is good because I know that even certain days of the week are higher in in this kind of crime. So oh yeah, the the, the weekends yeah. are the far yeah. away. Yeah, so that's far, yeah. one thing to look at. So, but okay, well. We're wrapping up the time here. Todd Dill of Truckers News Magazine and Max Cavidra of Randall Riley Publishing. Uh, thanks for being here. Great show. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it, Alan. Yeah. I did, too. A lot of good information. Todd, your uh, your website's again for our listeners? Oh, uh, overdriveonline.com. It's Overdrive Magazine and Truckers News, where the cargo theft story is. It's truckersnews.com. And then and, I blog uh, at Channel 19, Channel 19 blog, overdriveonline.com uh, slash Channel 19. Yeah, that's a, that's a good blog, too. I, I'm on there a lot. Ma- Max, any? Uh, I didn't give a website for you. Did you have a website you want to give out? No, I'm, I'm not blogging. Uh, Todd does a great job on that, but um, I, uh, I do several stories uh, on owner-operators for Truckers News, so uh, may- maybe I'll be doing that in the future. You need to get on Twitter and Facebook, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I, the, the 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 pressure's mounting. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, oh well, be careful, Max. You'll get addicted like my wife. <laughs> so, well, thanks for being here. We'll have to do this again. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for the invitation. Thank you. All right. And like I said, Truckers News uh, pick up at uh, just about any truck and truck stop across the country. So. Uh, uh, good show. That was enjoyable and a lot of good information. Uh, Don, i got a few minutes here, and then I, I want to get to uh, the closing thing here for our um, for our men and women in uniform. But you had some uh, announcements? Yes, I do. And actually, it, it kind of all wraps up with the show in a way. Um, we have our September 15th call-in for the um, uh, Jason's Law call-in is what it is. Hope Rivenberg will be going up to Washington for her third, uh, I believe it's her third trip. It might be her fourth. And what it's for is for the uh, Bill H.R. 2156 to be passed into law, which uh, Congressman Paul Tonko introduced back in April of 2009. It's been sitting in committee. Um, there's not much being done with it, and uh, after this show tonight, I'm, I'm just thinking, wow, uh, th- this is a bill uh, every driver listening tonight needs to, to realize how important to have more safe truck parking, uh, how it is. I'm going to just read to you a little little bit that I typed up before. Um, Hope Rivenberg is planning another trip to Washington on September 15th to again uh, meet the representatives going door-to-door for co-sponsors of H.R. 2156 and 971. Since the death of her husband, Jason Rodenberg, last March, she has been working closely with Congressman Paul Tonko of New York State in attempts to get Jason's law passed. The bill calls for a 20-million-year pilot program over six years to address the severe shortage of parking which exists in many areas of the United States. The funds used for this program will be used from the collected fuel tax and will not require any further increase in taxes. That's important. Yeah, that's a point I want to get across to everybody because, you know, they just think it's another um, slush fund. 
More and more rest areas are closing because of state deficits, which means the lack of safe and adequate truck parking is going to get worse. The major argument we hear, and actually the only argument, is that government should not get involved. Well, here's the answer. The government is already involved by the collection of fuel tax. What Jason's law would do is allocate a portion of these funds towards maintaining rest areas that are already there or creating rest areas, especially in the states that are severely short of parking. It is presently stuck in the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, the Highways and Transit Subcommittee, and we're calling on all of you listening to call your representatives. For over a year now, Hope, through her grief, has been making numerous trips to Washington on behalf of truck drivers. She sacrifices her own time and money for the sake of others' safety. So many organizations say they're for Jason's Law. However, more than lip surface is needed right now for this law to pass. Alan and I and a group of very hardworking individuals are asking drivers from all over this country to show your support to Hope Rivenberg and what she is trying to accomplish for you. All you have to do is make one phone call to your representative. It will take some effort on your part. You may have to look up the number, just type in Google how to find state representatives, and it'll, it's one, two, three. Compared to the sacrifices that Hope is making, which includes her expenses and time, this is a very small thing to do. It will show your appreciation as it may save your life or someone you know. The national call-in day is September 15th. However, from now till then, we're asking you to call your reps. The national call-in day is to call Senator Schumer's office, and that's because he has Bill 971 that he also introduced. And uh, we'll be explaining more about this day on the blog and in a, a press release that will be released shortly. Um, I think this whole show just all ties in with it, uh, don't you, Alan? I mean, I also have that other announcement about the trafficking. Well, we've got a couple minutes here. You have the numbers to give out? Tonight? I have 202-224-6542. That's Senator Schumer's office. That's for the 15th. And you call your senators and reps anytime you want. Well, we also have another um, announcement. Okay, two minutes. Okay, for truckers against trafficking, they have their webinars. The human trafficking rings are in, uh, are in an area that truckers can be most helpful. Much of the prostitution you see in the truck stops are organized by human traffickers. Kidnapping young girls, those from other countries brought to the United States in promise of a better life, are some examples of the horror and tragedy that's involved here. There is a hotline if you see unusual behavior. Uh, it's 1-888-373-7888. And just to let you know that recently one trucker did, and he saved nine lives while convicting 31 offenders and 13 state prostitution ring, and that's because he observed something that just didn't look right. So we'll uh, have more about that and a future show on that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, important stuff. So 
All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. But before we... Um... You know, I get a lot of emails from people all over the world, emails and letters from North and South America and several continents. And I really enjoy reading these writings from people I'll probably never meet. But I've been receiving emails from time to time from a staff sergeant in the U.S. military serving over in the Middle East. And at times I'll get an email from him once a week, and sometimes two or three months will go by and I not hear a thing. Well, yesterday morning at 3.15 a.m., I got another email from him. And he even apologized for being so long in writing, but as you can imagine, he's pretty busy over there. And his tour of duty and others and their enlistment is coming to an end, and they're considering truck driving as a career when they make it back home here in the U.S., and whenever I get these emails from those soldiers serving in Iraq and Afghanistan, I always stop to consider that here I am doing my little thing here in Florida, and then there are those in uniform who wake up every day not knowing if that day will be their last. Well, this evening on Truth About Trucking Live, I wanted to pay some kind of tribute to our soldiers, so I want to play a song from When the Big Rigs Don't Roll Music CD, one that you might not have even heard yet. And if you haven't gotten your copy of the CD, I would urge you to do so, you can get your copy of the CD right from the music player on our blog at askthetrucker.com. And between now and September 15th, every purchase will provide a $3 donation to the family of Jason Rivenberg for the Jason's Law Fund. Just go to askthetrucker.com and near the top of the page, you'll see the button that reads Big Rigs Fund. Just click on it there and follow the links to the Jason Law Fund. So for uh, the staff sergeant and all those others serving over in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan just wanted to do something a little special tonight. And so we're going to play this song as a tribute and an honor for them. So with that, we pay tribute to the staff sergeant and all the men and women in uniform fighting for a people's freedom and doing it all for liberty. Would smile, crinkled his eyes. You know the kind I mean. He was chiseled, strong steel, a trained Navy SEAL. But he said, I'm just part of a team. He was in his dress blues there on the news, talking about that damn war. Somebody asked about his part, what he was fighting for. He said, my country, my family, my friends, and the right to be free. I'll give all if I must to protect what is precious to me. No matter the price, I'll pay it all, and I'll do it willingly. And I won't back down, I won't give ground, all for liberty. Material things don't mean a thing. 
can all be replaced Take my car, my home I'll get along We all have problems we face Then his fist clenched up tight His knuckles went white Said I'll draw the line in the sand Try to take from me One piece of liberty It'll be out of these two dead hands He said my country, my family, my friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious to me No matter the price, I'll pay it all, and I'll do it willingly. And I won't back down, I won't give ground, all for liberty. The crowd got up and cheered, but he couldn't stand. And I said a silent prayer for that man I can't imagine the hell when those rockets fell And he left part of his life there in the sand He said no matter the price, I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down, I won't give ground, all for liberty. All right, thanks for joining us this this evening on Truth About Trucking Live. You see something suspicious about cargo theft? Call CargoNet, 1-888-595-2638. So for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Come home safe, and thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.